there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. How does this start? Well, do you want me to do it? Yeah, go on. <clears throat> I'll do my cam impersonation. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracy. I'm, I'm Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cam. I'm Salty. And I'm Luke. What are we talking about today, fellas? Well, we're going to talk about Charles Manson and Walt Disney, who you might be surprised to find out are actually linked inextricably no, no. It's still linked. Very right. much strictly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're linked. We found some links. Yeah. I think we probably ordered the same thing and Googled them together and went, oh, this is going to be good gear for the podcast. <laughs> Google it together and we'll go, oh, I'll watch the first thing that's on there. <laughs> yeah. I did. That's not what I did. What I did found you? it naturally. <laughs> I was reading about Charles Manson and it got up to this bit where I was like, and by the way, and then said the link, which a little surprise for you later on in the podcast, listeners, uh, you'll find out. Mm. But I was like, what the dickens? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd already basically gone through a whole bloody Lincraft store of red wool that I was pulling all these connections together with. Yeah. And then finally I was like, oh, me two bloody conspiracy walls. Coming together in the middle. You'd have had a wire across the house. He showed me his his woolen wall earlier. Yeah. And it was like, you know, when you're a kid and you get a bit of wood and you hammer nails into it and yeah. then weave the wood in it and yeah. it makes a pattern. Yeah. It was basically that. Right. Do you actually have a wooden wall? A woolen wall? No. Okay. It was a mental one. Yeah. 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 But I, this was, I think this was one of the first ones where I was like, there's so many connections. I'm putting them all together. There's even a little bit where I was like, oh. What if this is what actually happened? So we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with Charles Manson. Sure. Recently passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we briefly mentioned at the end of the last show there was some conspiracy theories about him and uh, MK Ultra and the like. Mm-hmm. So what did we find out about Charles Manson? Um, he he was a cult leader. Mm. Yep. Uh, murderous cult. Yep. That's about all I got. Really. That's all you got. He was uh, not a very good dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he wrote some songs. Yeah. Uh, with the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
quite liked the Beatles. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> looks like I'm going to be doing some heavy lifting. What did you find out about Charles? Are we going to assume that everyone knows who Charles Manson is? Yeah. No, we can't assume that. These millennials don't know. Yeah. Do you think our audience is millennials? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, our audience are cool young people <laughs> like us. Snapchat us later on. Yeah. Prove you're a cool young person. Don't Snapchat us. You've got to get us into a bloody Don Burke situation. <laughs> Tracy Spicer's list is going to go from 65 to 68. So if you're not familiar, see, one of the interesting things about uh, Charles Manson passing away was we got to experience uh, more hot takes than I thought we were going to. Hmm. But no hot takes about how the uh, his girlfriend who wanted to get his corpse when he died and he wouldn't will it to her because he said, I'm never going to die. There were no hot takes saying, I bet she's feeling really vindicated at the moment. Right. <laughs> but she's still corpseless. Yeah. yeah. There were hot takes like uh, I saw one where it was like, this was like some weird conservative thing saying that uh, Charles Manson was basically the, the Bernie bro of his day. Oh, I saw that. They were saying like Charles Manson... Basically was the founder of Antifa yeah. in, in a way. And they mocked some other thing. There was like some, uh, maybe it was a New York Times obituary or like, you know, article about him dying that mentioned the true fact that uh, these days killing seven people is not that big a deal. No. Quite quaint mm. to imagine that uh, the entire country was shocked by this mm. when it happens every single day. Is there have did you manage to find any stats about the amount of deaths in the US per day at that time? No, I didn't. No, but interesting. The, it wasn't that it wasn't such a big thing that you know a bunch of people would all die, would all get killed at once. Yeah. So Charles Manson was, as you mentioned, a cult leader. Mm-hmm. He led a cult called the Family. Uh, he was a bit of a troublemaker yeah. growing up. Got, into, got in and out of scrapes, in and out of jail, went to a bunch of different institutions. Yeah. Uh, he liked to steal cars. I loved it. Bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, he got pinged for stealing cars and was sent away to a prison in California mm-hmm. where he had a, a bunch of new age thinking sprung on him. <laughs> uh, they're like, well, I think I mentioned this uh, last week, what better way to socialise this young degenerate than to uh, give him how to make friends and influence people and essentially teach him how to be a master manipulator. Mm. And the big lesson that he took away from the book was uh, the best way to convince someone to do something is to make them think it was their idea. Mm. So he gets out of prison with all of these ideas in his head and he steps out into uh, into LA and when he'd gone in, you know, everything was normal. Yep. Comes out, you know, like the Shawshank Redemption? Yes. You know, when like the old bloke gets out and he's like, oh, the cars are so fast. Yep. yep. Well, it was like that, except instead of cars, there were hippies everywhere. Mm. He's like, oh. Put- Dirty hippies. I'm sure there were less flowers in people's hairs when I went in. What's going on? Things had gone from Hollywood to Holly Weird. Oh, I knew he was going there. But yeah. Uh, he went inside when everyone was like normal mm. and he came out and everyone was completely cooked. Uh. Uh, and absolutely off their faces. Yeah. And he's like, well, 
I barely even needed to take in all those lessons about convincing yeah. people to do things. This is like the easiest generation of people to trick into murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's completely cooked and way open to suggestion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically he started uh, putting together a little bit of a, a coven, maybe a bit of a, a harem. Mm-hmm. Mm. For you millennials out there, a squad. Yeah. <laughs> a sexual squad. A, yeah. poly, a poly situation. Yeah. Hashtag squad goals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He put together his squad. Thing, though a lot of acid was taken. Mm-hmm. At some point, he determined that uh, the album, the White Album, the Beatles self titled album, yep. uh, had a lot of hidden messages in it for him. Yep. And sort of laid out what he needed to do, mm-hmm. which was to start a race war. Mm. So on that. The yeah. White Album is probably one of my favourite albums. Yeah. It's a very good album. Other than some of the weird shit on there. Didn't really get the message of the race war. Um, I don't think Rocky Raccoon was really... There's violence in that song. Mm. Blackbird. I don't think that's a very violent no, song. Blackbird is about the blacks rising up. Oh, okay. You Blackbird you singing in the yeah. dead of night. Something, something, something. Go and fight all <laughs> the white men. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so carry on. Uh, you were only waiting for your moment to arrive. Yeah, he's, it's, a, it's a bird. It's about a bird. He's a black bird? Yeah, it's yeah. A, famous, yeah. a famous sort of bird. So you see, some of the messages he was getting were yeah. like yeah. subtle, and some of them were like, of course. Yeah, okay. But I don't know if he was like going, oh, come on, John. It's like, at least, at least make me work for it. <laughs> But a Helter Skelter, of course, is the big one. Mm. And that's what he called his plan, which was to start a race war. And the way to start the race war was to go out and kill some white people. We're going to do that. And then white people would be like, some white people were killed. This has all the hallmarks of black people. (laughs) (laughs) Then they would kill some black people. Yeah. The black people would be like, hang on a second. Whitey, yeah, you can't be killing us. Yeah. We'll kill you. A lot of killing would go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, his assumption was that the blacks would win. Uh, meanwhile, he and the family were popping out to a bottomless pit in the desert mm-hmm. in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to hang out there while this all, while all of this mess went on. Mm-hmm. Then they'd come out. All of the black people would have killed all the white people, but then, and. Bear in mind, it was a simpler time. They didn't know that racism was bad yet. Okay. His assumption was that the black people would be so incompetent that they'd be like, oh, we shouldn't have killed all the white people. Yeah. Hang on a second. Who's that coming out of that bottomless pit? Yeah. It's only Charles Bloody Manson. Charles, be our leader. And Charles would be like, oh, all right. Helter so, Skelter. Good plan. Yeah. So I guess the big flaw, the first flaw that I can see in this plan is you – have got a harem of people, young hippies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously got a lot of drugs at hand. Yeah. Yep. It's the 60s. Yeah. Things seem to be going okay for him. Mm. Uh, he's hanging out with the Beach Boys. Yep. He's trying to get some record deals. Why then are you motivated to start a race war? Well, that's just, you know, he was cooked. Oh, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and things weren't going that great. Like, yeah. he couldn't get anything going with the Beach Boys. Mm. He couldn't get anything going with his music career. He wasn't actually that talented. They stole one of his songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And rewrote it. Yeah. Kokomo. Mm. It's actually about race war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, like, he was a bit of a, a loser in some respects, but 
not to these like acid drop kicks. Mm. Uh, before any of these murders went down, there was also there was a lot of violence going on. They were sort of hanging out with bikies. That he was trying to get bikies to join the group to be like part of the whole thing. But anyway, uh, it all goes down. They would do these things called uh, creepy crawlies, where they'd go around and break into people's houses and like move things around, mm. which, as it turned out, was sort of training for what was going to come next. Mm. Uh, then eventually they went. Uh, I've got the dates at all. <laughs> no, nineteen sixty-nine. I think November nineteen sixty-nine. Ninth. Sharon Tate was August 9th. Yeah. Okay. So August 9, 1969, hmm. uh, they go to the house of Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski, who was not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sharon Tate was, along with a few other people. And uh, they kill almost everyone in the house. There was one survivor out in like a guest bungalow. Hmm. And they also kill someone who was uh, just leaving the house when they arrived which was a bit unlucky, mm. and they write a uh, die pig on the wall in blood. Well, was that just a spontaneous thing? I think the that was part of the plan was, you know, it's a classic uh, black people starting a race war move to write die pig okay. on the, mm. the wall. I think they, they figured it had a lot sort of Black Panther connotations. Mm. Uh, the next night they went to the La Bianca house uh, elsewhere in L.A., were they anyone? They were just a rich family? Uh, yeah, they were a rich family. I think they were. They knew the house. Mm. But they'd been to the house previously, or they'd uh, they'd been somewhere close previously. Right. Neither of the pl- neither of these crime scenes were places they hadn't been before. Okay. Mm. So, like uh, Sharon Tate's house used to be where uh, Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys lived, right? Don't know. Mm, I'm not sure. Across that. I didn't come across any of this Beach Boys stuff. Right. No. Oh, that's good gear. It's all news to me. All yeah. oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, um, so there was also some suggestion that like they were, he thought, oh, I'm going to go get body Dennis from the Beach Boys. Right. But uh, yeah, so the next night Manson goes out with them. So he didn't even go on the first night. He just sort of commanded them to go out and do this. Yeah. The next night he goes out with them. They break into the house. I think they tied everyone up. Then Manson leaves and the rest of the cult members kill the people in the house, mm. then they uh, they all leave. They're caught a little while later, like a few weeks later, mm. on completely unrelated charges because they'd been stealing cars as well. I think they'd been stealing June buggies. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I would steal June buggies. Yeah, if you were stealing cars? Yeah. Which you don't. Especially bloody back then. Yeah. June buggy prime. <laughs> so, anyway, while they're, while they're sitting in their various jail cells... Uh, one of them is just very mouthy, starts bragging about everything they've done. Uh, and someone else is like, hmm, I could use this to my advantage. Mm. I've just got to pass this along. Uh, if I recall, it took a massive amount of effort to get anyone to pay attention to the fact that they had a confession to like two of the most shocking murders right. in recent history. Mm. Uh, but they eventually did which was good because the police had not put together the fact that these two murders on two consecutive nights with the exact same MO where Die Pig was written on the walls of each one oh, really? were Don't- connected at all. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the cops investigating were working in the same office, like oh. just on opposite sides of the office, passing each other in the halls like, oh, you got a tough murder? Oh, yeah. 
coffee? Oh, no, I've got to go back to work. If only that bloody met up in the kitchenette. Yeah. For, and a, had that- for a sneaky blend 43, they'd be like, oh, this diaping thing's pissing me off. Yeah. They're like, yeah, well, it's pissing me off that you're investigating my case. Yeah. Get off my case, motherfucker. Also, how many beans do you have in your, your cup? 43. It's a blend 43. 43 beans in every cup. <laughs> the cops would have loved it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's, um, yeah, um, so eventually they work out, oh, wait, this is the one thing. Yep. Eventually they work out that Manson was pulling all the strings. Uh, everyone, pretty much everyone goes to jail. The end. Okay. Cut and dry. So, okay. No, that's cool. I'm on board with all that. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sharon Tate. Yes. Uh, Starlet, who had been sort of being primed to be a movie star, but not quite a movie star yet. Is that accurate? So, you got some wool ready. Yes. So that's the official story. That's that was uh, what Vincent Bugliosi, the prosecutor, convinced a jury had happened that uh, Charles Manson had used sort of his uh, winning personality and acid to mm. like, convince these people to do his bidding, and thus he was responsible. Uh, and that's how everyone ended up going to jail. Also, they didn't put up any defence, pretty much. Right. And at one point. Richard Nixon, the president, said Charles Manson is guilty. It was on the front page of the newspaper, which Charles Manson held up in court in front of the jury. (laughs) But uh, they they allowed the trial to continue. So, yeah, that's the official story. Mm. Now I know what you're thinking. Sounds a little strange. Oh, it sounds to me all cut and dry. All right. So, conspiracy theories. We talked briefly last week about MKUltra. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, no. Yeah, it happened before you was at the hospital. Yeah. Well. So, I'm still on, that's still where I think I land on him getting MK altered when he was in jail. Mm. But uh, I did find a lot of interesting stuff about like Ronald Stark, who was a big LSD seller at the time, and about the Process Church. Are you familiar with the Process Church of the Final Judgment? I am not. We've talked about it before. Have we? Tuesday World episode. Oh, shit. Well, the- okay. I, I can't remember the context. Sultry I should remember. We've discussed it. We have discussed it. Yeah, right. I don't remember it. I don't remember either. I just know we have. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. So, Manson gets out of prison. This is also all true. I'll tell you when we're getting into territory where I cannot confirm or deny. Right. So, Manson gets out of prison. He's got all of this uh, self-help book shit in his head. And he arrives amongst the hippies and he finds this group called the Process Church of the Final Judgment, which is a spin-off from Scientology. Mm. So, there was this couple that were Scientologists. I think they went clear. You know, they got up to, like, the right level. Max Featons. Yep. They got kicked out for one reason or another. And so, they're like, we're going to start our own thing and it's going to be sort of based on Scientology and sort of based on, like, uh, the I think it's a Carl Jung, the Jungian idea, right? That uh, there's rather than uh, the Holy Trinity, there's more of a Holy Quadrinity of uh, Jesus, Lucifer, Satan, and Jehovah. Okay, Jehovah's and, in the mix. Yeah. Okay. So they all sort of mean they're all f- sort of four. Their idea is that there's like a fourth. Part of the of the Holy Trinity, so to speak, which is in your subconscious, and that if you don't recognise it, 
then uh, you'll be psychologically unbalanced. It's cooked hippie shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they have this church, but uh, there's different parts of it are about embracing different elements of it. So some people are embracing the Christian stuff in it, the Jesus stuff. Some people are embracing the Lucifer stuff. So it's like the fun party guys. And some are embracing like the Satan stuff, which is like a little bit darker mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Yep. So they're the process church and they're also somewhat tied to like bikey gangs and hippies and Manson. The so bike, bikey gangs were very entwined in this whole scenario in the 60s, yeah. weren't they? Because they were all doing acid as well. Yeah. Because they were all like, oh, let's go around it. Let's ride our bikes around and smash stuff up. Yeah. And then someone was like, what if you were doing this on acid? Yeah. <laughs> and then they met some hippies and they're like, hey, you should do security at a Rolling Stone concert. Yeah. And everything went well. Yeah. So there's the process church. So Manson took on a lot of their stuff. And he, that was sort of when he's saying, oh, I'm Jesus and I'm the devil. That's sort of the sort of thing he was talking about. Right. So now we're going to go into the territory that is completely unconfirmed. There's a guy called David McGowan who wrote a book called Programmed to Kill. Hmm. And his theory is that uh, Charles Manson was part of a spin-off of the Process Church of the Final Judgment. Right. Which was the spin-off of the Scientologists. Yeah. And this spin-off was called uh, the 4P Movement. The 4P. Yeah. So their logo was like 4P sort of intertwined into a little bit of a reverse swastika. Okay. I can see that. Entwining very easily into a swastika. Yeah. It was like a backwards swastika. Yeah. Uh, also known as the 4Pi movement because I guess they were like, oh, we're the 4P movement and then some robo was like, oh, the 4P movement. Why like, would I say that? <laughs> like, fine, it's the 4Pi movement. I, also, like how, I like how you came up with that's why they changed it and then blamed <laughs> that thought on me. Yeah. Even though it was your immature thought. Uh, also known as the children Oh, that's spooky. So his idea was that Manson was in this group called The Children. Also in this group, David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the son of Sam. Oh, yeah. Who was a serial killer in New York. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie. I think it's Summer of Sam, mm. the Spike Lee joint. Is it got Marissa Tomei in it? Yeah. I think I always wanted to see it, but I never did see it. Mm. Anyway, you know that movie. Mm-hmm. That summer, that's when all that was happening. Yeah, right. The summer that that's set in. Mm. So he was going around shooting people and uh, he blamed it on his neighbour's dog. Yeah, it was telling him to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, he also blamed it on uh, this group and he told a, don't want to use the word reporter, but he told a guy called Maury Terry who wrote a book called The Ultimate Evil about this as well, right. that uh, he was part of this satanic cult and all of the he was directed by them to do all of these shootings and he'd heard that manson was in the cult as well and so all of the manson killings were directed they weren't just random hippie shit Uh, okay from up high yeah now the program to kill guy uh he also is very sus on pretty much every serial killer he thinks they're all part of uh some satanic thing Mm. Uh, he also uses the example of henry lee lucas who was a supposedly prolific serial killer. I think he confessed like 300 or something. Yeah, right. Different murders. 
because uh, basically some sheriff worked out, hey, we've got this guy back here that'll confess to any <laughs> unsolved murder you've got. <laughs> Just cops lining up. Yeah. yeah. So he was a serial fibber, but not a serial killer. Yeah, but he was also a serial killer. Oh, okay. So right. both. So that's double the, double the problem. But he also, uh, he claimed to have uh, delivered the cyanide to the Jonestown Okay. Uh, it's a big claim to make. Which is very much incorporated into this book and it's definitely not true. <laughs> Interesting thing about Henry Lee Lucas, the only uh, person on death row in Texas to be pardoned or to be granted you know, clemency yeah. by George W. Bush. Right. No other person on death row did he let off the hook. Just this one guy. And who do we? what do we know about George W. Bush? Illuminati, 9-11. Yeah. Uh, also- How could George, George W. Bush come be like, oh, I can't zap a guy for murdering people when if I look at my bloody day planner, yeah. I can see two years from now I've got a massive mass murder booked in. <laughs> That'd be hypocritical of me in the extreme. Yeah. Um, but George W. Bush, also famously Charles Manson. Yes. Yeah. So I guess if it was Charles Manson, of course he's going to pardon him. You pardon yourself though as well. So, but how could you? Because you're out in the White House, not yes. in the big house. You say, oh, I just pardon that Charles Manson guy. Then you oh, yeah. shoot back under you using whatever tunnel he's got. Yeah. Oh, I'm free. So there are there are a lot of people questioning why George W. Bush gave this guy like a a pass on getting zapped. Uh. There's a very solid reason for it, which was that he clearly hadn't done the crime that he was convicted right. with the death penalty for. He had done a bunch of other crimes, though. And there were, like, stacks of people that George W. Bush was like, yeah, zap him. Right. <laughs> you could make an argument probably didn't necessarily need to be zapped. Yeah. Anyway. So this book's insane, right? But it does make a couple of points where I'm like, what if this insane guy has worked something out? So to explain that, I need to also introduce you to a guy called Ronald Stark. Okay. Who I did mention last week. Yeah, remind he, me. He was the LSD guy. Yeah. yeah. He I was him just before as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why he sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy that uh, Tex Watson, who was one of the family guys, he said, uh, easy now. What? Thought he was going to like try and do some weird family guy joke at me. I like how you're thinking of terrible jokes and then like pinning them on me like I thought it was twice today. I can see your face. I, was, I literally looked away to look at the timer. You're looking away. You're like, hmm, I'm looking away as twere it a family guy cutaway. <laughs> Again, thinking of terrible jokes, blaming them on me. Uh, so anyway, Tex Watson, one of the family members. Yep. Uh, he was like, oh, we were getting all of our acid from Ron Stark. And it's like, okay, so was everyone. Yeah. So Ronald Stark was uh, one of the big acid guys in California and mm -hmm. I guess in America. So we all know like the uh, one of the pharmaceutical companies basically cooked it up mm. originally. Mm. Uh, he was one of the guys that had uh, some massive production thing going on. He brought like kilograms, right. something like millions of hits. Into the country. And he also had like very shady ties to the intelligence community. Apparently he spoke 10 different languages. He um he claimed to be parts, like to have been like 
agents of all sorts of different countries. But there's not really a lot known about him. There was I saw one website was like, look, the problem with uh, like trying to work out what's true and what's not about uh, CIA and Acid King mm. is that it wasn't like he was going on doing interviews with Newsweek or anything, giving his side of the story. But basically, there was this group called the Brotherhood of Eternal Love, which were the main sort of guys uh, selling acid in California at the mm. time. That uh, like the man, all this Manson stuff was going down. Uh, they were like sort of known as the hippie mafia. Okay, they were hippies, but they were also doing a lot of drug smuggling. Yep, uh, and they did start as like armed robbers, so they stole a bunch of acid. At gunpoint was how they got the how they started their career. Okay, and then they took it and they're like, "Oh, we shouldn't do crimes like that." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they're making a good case for LSD. Mm. So, there's this guy Ron Stark. Uh, the Brotherhood of Eternal Love is putting out this acid called Orange Sunshine. Mm-hmm. So, what happens around the time of the Manson killings? is one of their founders dies. He overdoses on Silobin. And Rodden Stark comes in and takes over or, like, joins the group and, and massively, you know, businessifies it up, mm. like, turns it into a proper operation. So this guy who I have to say is completely nutso, mm. the uh, guy who reckons that, like, all serial killers are, you know, mind-controlled Satanists, mm. He does put forward this idea <laughs> that um, the Manson killings and, like, this other death were part of uh, what you could call the Great Acid Coup of 1969. Okay. So one of the guys that died at the Tate house was involved in the drug trade. He was the uh, like the boyfriend of the heiress to the Folgers Coffee Fortune. Mm. So he was like sort of the least well known of the people that died there, but he was into the drug trade. Mm. So well, caffeine. They take him out. They take out this uh, Brotherhood of Eternal Love guy, and then they also uh, this this guy suggested uh, the Labianca uh, patriarch was in deep with the mob. And so that this was a, a hit mm. rather than just a, a random thing. And it's like, oh, well, when you put it like that, <laughs> like if you hadn't, if this wasn't in a book yeah. where the previous thing was all about how uh, the reason the, the, the Henry Lee Lucas had been sent down to Guyana by the CIA because he was the perfect MK Ultra cleanup guy, mm. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> That's a, you're potentially right. And, you know, they were associated with organised crime. They were ha- ha- hanging out with these bikies. Yes. Ronald Stark was involved with the Process Church as well. So there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah. a lot of wool. A lot of wool. There's a lot of wool stretching yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So do you think – Do you, there's no credence in any of it though? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is you've got this Ronald Stark guy. Oh, the other thing is that – uh. Like the day after the murders, um, Charles Manson is apparently spotted driving around with a guy who was described as an LSD kingpin. Right. Who had been uh, in the Israeli intelligence, which is something that Ronald Stark had claimed to be. I've also seen it 
that's one way that it's phrased. I've seen it elsewhere where he's like explicitly spotted with someone who works for Ron Stark. Mm. It seems weird, like how many rumored to be CIA people there were around at that time. Mm. I guess the CIA was pretty all over the place at the time, but like in every one of these stories, there's about four guys or four ladies that could be part of CIA and they're rumored to be Israeli intelligence and. I kind of wonder, like, how much of it's true and just how much of it is, is whispers that's kind of grown into urban legend over the years. Yeah. Because really, like, this is a good example of it's pretty obvious this guy was just cooked. And to attribute all the things that go on around him to, like, CIA people doing stuff. Yeah. You know, come on. He's just cooked. This Stark guy, though, is interesting because mm. everyone else goes to jail eventually. Except for him. He doesn't. He never goes to jail until... 1975 in Italy. <laughs> right. What was he doing in Italy? Stola Vespa. <laughs> uh, in Italy, he was doing massive drug dealing and someone makes an, an anonymous phone call to the police saying that uh, he's in a room full of hash and they come in and he's in a room full of hash. Uh, he goes to prison where he then hooks up with like the Red Brigades, which was like the ultra-left paramilitary Mob in Italy at the time mm. and sort of uh, works out lots of uh, secret communication stuff with him. And then there's a suggestion that uh, he was like teaching them, you know, secret cell, terror cell stuff, mm. but also telling the, the cops, oh, and this is what I've taught ah. these guys. Of a double agent. And then he's sort of, he gets eventually, he could have applied for bail at this point as well, but he never does. He stays in with these left terror group guys. Right. He does eventually get out of jail when uh, he convinces <laughs> a judge that he's in the CIA. Right. And I think also like a previous judge who had like knocked back his uh, application to be let out on that basis ended up dead. But, you know, it's Italy. Judges there. Yeah, yeah. It's there. A, um, I imagine that's a, a job that's fraught with danger in Italy. Yeah. So, but the thing is, they're like, Tex Watson said we got our acid from this guy. But it's like, well, he didn't really bring in a huge amount of acid until after you guys killed everyone. Mm. And But the thing is, the acid that he did bring in is sort of synonymous with the bad acid. So at, up until that point, all of the acid had been like this super pure uh, pharmaceutical grade stuff. Mm. The acid he was bringing in. Like Timothy Leary was like, oh, this acid's no good. It wasn't made with a pure spirit. And people were like, do you mean it wasn't made with pure spirits? He's like, no, their hearts weren't pure. Mm. And they're making acids like, that's not necessary. <laughs> Just got to have clean beakers and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of, so you've got the end of the summer of love mm. with the Manson killings. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got, you know, everyone was having a great time and now everyone's having bad trips. Mm. Like that's sort of where the summer of love ends as well. Where, hip, where the hippie dream dies. Yeah. The bikers stab a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Or just one person. Well, they're on the bad acid. What are they supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Not stab someone? Yeah. At a Rolling Stones concert? Yeah. Okay. Any other Manson conspiracy? Yeah. I'm I'm calling out Cam's whole theory is bullshit. <laughs> Why? And I pose. <laughs> yeah. That it went down differently. Yeah. So, Manson was born to a single mum. Yep. She was a bit of a prostitute. Anyway, my source for all this, is, by the way, is uh, the website theblooddyeshua.com. Okay. 
So you can only to Wikipedia for reliable information. Well, yeah. So this guy or girl poses that it was all Illuminati driven. Right. Manson, as a young boy, his first day at school, he was sent to school dressed like a girl. The first of his humiliation rituals. Ah, so just straight off the bat there. Straight off the bat. Young kid sent to school dressed like a girl. How how embarrassing would you be? How embarrassed would you be? Mm. Anyway, his real father, Colonel W. Scott, not on the scene anymore. No. Fly by night kind of guy. Yeah. He's uh, the 23rd great-grandson of one Henry Percy. And the Percy family, bloody high bloodline Illuminati. Really? Other people linked to the Percy family. Just Hillary Clinton. Whoa. And Barbara Bush. Whoa. It's too bloody of the worst. Yeah. Wait, is that because he's already like the 23rd great-grandfather of Charles Manson, right? Mm. So- He's going to be like the 23rd great-grandfather of like thousands of people. Yeah. I just happened to be two other Illuminati. Yeah. Thousands of people who are probably all Illuminati. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this guy, he, the theory is that um, Manson, Sharon Tate and Abigail Folger were all high Illuminati. But Manson was sent in with his family to take out the other two. It was a hit. It was an Illuminati hit. It wasn't an acid hit. Yeah. Right. The vengeance killing. Was Manson annoyed because he's like, we're all high Illuminati. Yeah. But I've had to fucking live this tough life. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're living high on bloody Roman Polanski mm. and like pre-pedophile Roman Polanski yeah. good times. Yeah. And bloody fake coffee good times. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm having a scrape and steal cars. Yeah. Where's my Illuminati bloody goodness? Where's my perks? He's got his harem and his drugs. Yeah, but he's got to fight and scrap for it, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a scrapper. Well, I, mean, I think we established at the start it was easy for him. Yeah. Anyway. LSD. The, uh, as Cam said, the, the plan was to start a race war, go hide in a bottomless pit in, the, in Death Valley. Yep. yep. You know what uh, one David Icke thinks is in Death Valley? Uh, I can take a wild guess and say lizards. Just the, uh, the entrance to the hollow earth where the reptiles are. Oh, I knew it. Bloody the reptiles so being the, the Illuminati reptiles. Yeah, yeah. So Manson was just going down there to hang with his bros. Ride out the storm with his mates. Ride out the storm with his lizard mates. Swap, come, swap. come back up and they were like, Fucking, what are you doing going up so early, mate? The Bureau doesn't come back through for a little while. Yeah. Gets arrested. Rest is history. There's some video footage of him like in interviews where his hologram... Fails, out. glitches out, his little lizard eyes come out. Now, is that just artifacts or is that just because he had his crazy Charlie act where he did crazy stuff with his eyes? No, nah, I think it was just artifacts. But he's, if he's moving his eyes around a lot, yeah. Yeah. you get artifacts. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's also, uh, I didn't see it, I just saw a headline to a link that said the Sharon Tate tranny murder hoax. Oh, no. <laughs> Which was about the Manson's girl, the girls. Yeah. Because there's one photo of the girls when they're going to court and they they look a bit mannish. Yeah. Don't they shave their heads at one point? Yeah, this is before that. They okay. still have hair. But there's pictures around their Adam's apples and tracing out where oh, their yeah. necks are between their hair and stuff like that. Yeah, lobes were just 
all yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. So they're also all his his harem of girls are all actually men, and Charles Manson was actually a lady, Charlene Manson. Interesting. That was, that was basically. <laughs> I'm glad we got some lizard stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it, it ties together as as well as Cam's LSD stuff. Yeah. My strings match as well as Cam's. Yeah, I think so. I did forget a couple of strings. Oh, here we oh, go. Here so we go. this whole the whole uh, four pie thing is was not just wasn't just this crazy guy in his book. Also, it was something David Berkowitz actually said. He told someone else in prison, oh, Charles Manson was in the same group as me. Hmm. This is like, he changed his story a few times. Hmm. Uh, but also, it was noted in the book, and now I don't know if this is true in the slightest, but uh, on the walls of Berkowitz's uh, apartment, when the police came in, he had phone numbers written on the walls, uh, including... Get a, get a notebook, buddy. Yeah, right. Right on the walls. I thought you were paying out Cam. Well, yeah, a little bit. Both. Let's say both. <laughs> uh, including the unlisted private home numbers of prominent doctors living on Long Island. Oh. The number for a large Scientology training center in Florida. Okay. And the number for the Montauk Golf and Racket Club, an exclusive country club on Long Island that lies adjacent to. What do you think it might lie adjacent to, Robbo? Only the bloody Montauk military base. I was going to say lizard, but I would have been wrong. Where they were doing all of their mind control experiments Jeez. or slash doing their uh, teleportation experiments slash where they accidentally created the Montauk monster. What was the name of the club? Sorry, Montauk what? Uh, the Montauk Golf and Racket Club. Oh, my Lord. That is such a good name for a band. Anyone listening to starting a band? Get on that. Okay. Hmm. But it's like, all right. Why wouldn't they give you the, like, if you're going to scroll numbers on the wall, why wouldn't you scroll the number of the actual mind control military base? Well, you I mean, you have, you have day-to-day workers at the base yeah. that are going there and just, like, cleaning and whatever. So he's not going to ring up and get one of them and be like, hey, I need to get into some mind control stuff. Mm. Like, we don't do that here. So you ring the country club number yeah, and they patch you through because the country club doesn't exist, obviously. They patch you through to the, the secret guys. That's the most cooked thing I've ever heard. So like where you have to go into one shop and pick up a phone and dial a number to get into the hipster bar in the back of the shop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Or in um, Beverly Hills 90210 when they had to take a brown egg oh, yeah. into a 7-Eleven to get directions to the rave party to take ecstasies. <laughs> now, I think just one final thing before we link Charles Manson straight to Walt Disney? Sure. I have a couple of quotables of Manson too that I wouldn't mind. Sure. All right, just a couple of things then. I, I found it very, very curious uh, what the Process Church of the Final Judgment managed to pivot their brand into. Would you like to take a guess? You're never going to guess it. Um, I, I reckon they started baking same-sex wedding cakes. <laughs> uh, I reckon they became a record label. They became the Best Friends Animal Society. Oh, yeah. Which is a, a no-kill uh, like animal shelter. Does it still exist? In Ohio, it does exist. Huh. They went from their like, weird cult. So, like, they even, they did, they sort of, when Manson first went to jail, they, like, put interviews with him in their little magazine. Mm. But then a little bit later, like, some book came out that was, like, Manson, the Process Church was, like, directly responsible for Manson. And they're like, oh, we have to sue this guy. Right. And so they sued him because apparently their lawyer said, if you don't sue over this, you're like, you're never going to be able to get away from it. 
Um, so they went from this thing with like, oh, murder's a little bit okay, to being not even murdering a dog is okay. Yeah. Mm. What is interesting is sort of the two biggest actual conspiracies that we've come across. Mm. Uh, WWF mm. were founded by eugenicists and South African back channel for apartheid for years. Yep. And the f- f- animal thing. The, be- the Best Friends Animal Society. Yeah, they were founded by crazy serial killers or serial killer adjacent. What is with people starting out pretty cooked and then just ending up being quite nice and saving animals? Who knows? But uh, I'll tell you who isn't going to let them off the hook for their past. The dogpress.com. Ooh. Uh, a dog-based news service that serves everyone in dogs. Pet owners, show breeders, dog show clubs, vendors, and even judges. Oh, dog show judges? Yeah. Or maybe judges that are like courtroom judges but also love a, love a dog. Anyone who loves a dog, the dogpress.com is the site for you. Yep. And they've got a number of exposés on the Best Friends Animal Society and their history as the process church of the final judgment. Right. And they're not letting anyone off the hook for it. And I was like, all right, that's interesting. Why are you so like, hung up on this? Surely you have to be like, well, you're a no-kill shelter now. Mm. Like, let bygones be bygones. Surely that's the best sort of shelter for the dogpress.com, dog lovers. I feel like a lot of people involved might be dead by this point as well, wouldn't they? Uh, no, a bunch of them are still alive. Because, huh. you know, they were all like 20-something in oh, the late so. 60s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, massive exposés. I was like, what else is on this website? And I clicked onto the main bit and it's like they've got their dog columnists, which are unfortunately not people pretending to be dogs writing columns. Mm. They've got like dog tips, dog this, dog that. Everything's dog-themed. I was like, all right, well, this seems fairly normal mm. despite like the slightly hysterical exposés. Yeah, but I guess you want to have something good. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You just kind of do light. You need some balance with some. But then I clicked on the dog columnist's uh, button oh. and the very f- like one of the very first things that came up on the page was a harp causing animal suicides. Oh. And it was a huge expose about, you know, like a couple of years ago there was a bunch of birds dying. Yeah. I think maybe it was a sort of situation where it was the same amount of birds and th- fish and things that die normally but for some reason like j jonah jameson was like give me the scoop on the birds right they had their own like all of these newsrooms had their own woolen walls Mm. linking together all of these fish kills so this article is like a tarp doing it and then for absolutely no reason it sort of skewers skew whiffs into a thing about the montauk monster and it's like you know the old montauk monster obviously was just whatever. Mm. But look at this new photo, new like high def photo. It's clearly some sort of genetic thing gone wrong. What are they doing? It's like, how is this relevant to dog lovers? Except you don't want your bloody dog to commit suicide because of harp. I feel like we, we should look into this more. I, I kind of like the idea of looking at these crazy people that are convinced harp are causing dog suicides. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Somebody get me a photo of Spider-Man killing all these birds. Also kind of interested in combining conspiracies with pictures of dogs. I imagine there's pictures of dogs on the site. It would be a fun fun way to spend an afternoon. You got some quotes for us, Salty? Oh, I just liked uh, this one from Charles Manson, which I, feel, I thought played into the whole uh, 
Illuminati, reptile, otherworldly thing. He said, in the spiritual world is where I live. I exist in places you've never dreamed of. So that was pretty cool. Mm. Pretty, mm. pretty profound. Is he talking about his cooked brain? Yeah. Or is he talking about another, yeah, the astral plane yeah. where he's commanding bloody astral parasites to fucking run around oh, getting oh, people? Don't, don't bring up astral parasites again. Oh, Cam's going to do that later. Oh. I can bring it up right now. Jeez. Cam's got a bit on astral parasites. Well, we, after we talked about astral parasites a few weeks ago, I was like, there's going to be more about this. I, lo- I found a great report of an astral parasite on Reddit. Right. Where was this guy? What did he did he take mushrooms and acid? Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, he took a whole bunch of drugs. Yeah, for the, and it was the first time taking whatever drugs it was. And then he's like, "Oh, I've got." He was like, "Oh, there's like stuff on me legs. There's these bugs on me legs." He's like, "Oh, that's great. Love having bugs on me legs." Then he's like, "Hang on a second. What are these bugs doing?" Oh, they're eating me legs. That's right. At first, he thought it was kind of cool when they were protecting him. Yeah. And then eventually, he worked out. It's like, why would bugs be on my legs to protect my legs? Yeah. And he's freaked out. And then he, he called his parents. It reminded me of that um that song, All Sorted for Ease and Whiz. Yeah. You know, where he's standing in a field in Glastonbury on the phone to his mum. I don't know that. Anyway. Nah, I mean, you know nah. Oh, the Gen Xers listening all know it. Yeah. I'm a Gen X. What is that, a Stone Roses song or something? I think it's like Blur. Yeah. Pulp, stone, yeah. Um, anyway, he calls up his his mum and dad. His dad, his dad's like, "You're just imagining it. It's fine. It's not real." And they managed to calm him down. But then his takeaway from the whole thing was like, "Oh, it's because I didn't accept that they were real. That's how they didn't have the power over me." So he's still like, "They were real, I, but it just I tricked them into thinking I didn't think they were real." And that's how you defeat them. Yeah, and so that's his lesson for anyone else dealing with astral parasites. Right. It's like oh, maybe just don't do so much acid all at once. Yeah. I guess there's a couple of takeaways from all this: is that if you're going to do acid, do it with someone that's like a trusted friend that knows that astral parasites don't exist, and also knows that people like Charles Manson might try and manipulate you to commit murder. Mm. My last little quote: the reporter asked him, "Who are you?" He said, "I'm nobody." I'm a tramp, a bum, hobo. I'm a boxcar and a jug of wine and a straight razor if you get too close to me. If I might just close with a uh, connecting reading from David McGowan's program to kill. There were also indications of the involvement of organized crime in the killings. Leno LaBianca had known underworld connections to whom he reportedly owed nearly $250,000 in gambling debts. At the time of the murders... The La Bianca home, which I must add, perhaps gratuitously, brackets my comment here, also inaccurately, was once owned by Walt Disney. Uh, it wasn't actually owned by Walt Disney. They'd previously lived in a home that was owned by Walt Disney. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. But this home was known to have its phone lines tapped. I could also add here, perhaps rather gratuitously as well, yes, it is, that Walt Disney was a direct descendant on his mother's side of George Burroughs, reportedly the Grand Wizard of the Witches executed in Salem in 1692. Now, he's been, he says he's being gratuitous, but he's like, clearly he wants us to put it all together, doesn't he? Um, the other connection, Sharon Tate murdered on the same day as the Haunted Mansion opened. At Disneyland. 
Walt Disney in the Chaldean, 33. Oh, really? I didn't even think to look that up. Really? Is that's normally the first oh, thing no. you do. Fuck. Oh. So I saw that on a... I don't know if you guys have ever come across Zachary Hubbard, a.k.a. Free to Find Truth. Rings a bell. I'll tell you who he is to put him in a little bit of context. He's the arch nemesis of one Russian vids. Oh, oh really? They got beef? Oh, is this the guy that thinks the power number's sevens? No, this guy's massively into 33s. Right. But uh, he would been going around talking that massive S hit about Russian vids, Ooh. saying that Russian vids was making up 33s, which you can't do because you've got to do all the math in front of everyone. Yeah. But he's like, oh, Russian vids just carried a two there. But doesn't he uses a calculator? Yeah, so he was going. This guy was going around saying Russian vids is making up thirty threes until someone was like, "No, Russian vids is using the Chaldean calculator, not just the Pythagorean." Uh, and he's oh. like, oh, "I didn't know there was another one." Oh, he got schooled on his own fucking business. Yeah, yeah. that's amateur hour. Uh, but also, Russian vids does make up a lot of stuff. <clears throat> he knows how to tie a couple of things together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we want to just go straight into numbers then? Because I got a few numbers gear. What numbers have you got? I mean, thirty three is a big one, obviously. Yeah. Uh, club thirty three. Let's get let's get to Club thirty three. Yeah. Okay. Can I run some numbers past you? I'd love to. Disneyland's located in Anaheim, California. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is in Orange County. Yep. On, which is located on the thirty third parallel. Of course. Uh, Anaheim, one plus five plus one plus eight plus five plus nine plus four. Mm, just a sneaky little thirty three. Oh. Uh, Orange, as in Orange County. Yep. Uh, don't worry, don't worry yeah. about the county. <laughs> orange, yeah. Uh, six plus nine plus one plus five plus seven plus five. Oh, that's just a thirty-three. Isn't yeah. orange the only color? Orange is the only color. Yeah, thirty-three. Yeah. It's the power color. Yep. California, three plus one plus twelve plus nine plus six plus fifteen plus eighteen plus fourteen plus nine plus one. Thirty-three. No. Oh fuck. Eighty-eight. Oh, it's even worse than thirty-three. That's HH. That's Hal Hitler. Yeah. So Hogan. then he gets really dumb. Uh, the city of Anaheim. Uh, the boundaries of it. Uh, on one side there's Cyprus, and then on the other side there's Riverside County. So Cyprus three plus seven plus seven plus nine plus five plus one plus one thirty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riverside nine plus nine plus four plus five plus nine plus one plus nine plus four plus five fifty five, which uh, is also the year that Disneyland first opened. And uh, can we just go back to thirty three plus fifty five? Eighty eight. Oh. Uh, 1955, sorry. Yep. I've just got a little bit of an insane bit here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that same stuff you just had. Yeah. yeah. 1955, also the year that people in the United States first began receiving vaccinations. Oh, not sure that's true in the slightest, but anyway. <laughs> and in English numerology, the number 55 represents Satan. 19 plus 1 plus 20 plus 1 plus 14, 55. So Disneyland Paris... Adds up an English Chaldean. Oh, sorry, Ingr- English Gematria uh, to 1020. I've never used English Gematria, but it seems like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think if you drop the zeros and then you get 12 and then you reverse it, you get 21. Yeah. And you add 12 plus 21, oh. 33. I think English Gematria is just what we're doing or what these guys are doing. Right. As opposed to like Hebrew. Okay. Gematria. So do you keep the zeros then? English? You can't keep a zero. Well, these guys are keeping zeros, but then they drop them off. Mm. But then they just get the number twice. Right. 
If we learned anything, you just do whatever's convenient to what you want the outcome to be. Yeah, that seems to be about right. Yeah. Um, Club 33, is that the next thing or you got more? Well, that, well, this guy's. if you are not aware, Disney is very much a 33 organisation. The only place you can drink on the Disney campus is referred to as Club 33. But then they just completely gloss over that. <laughs> and they're like, the first movie they ever released was Snow White on the uh, 22nd of November. 11.22, and just add that up. Oh, it's a 33. Mm. Uh, also, JFK was killed on November 22nd. It's like, what's that got to do with Disney? Yeah. Uh, Walt Disney's wife and daughter have 33 affiliations, just as many celebrities of today have with their spouses and children. Wait, 33 affiliations? What so, does that mean? Walt Disney's wife was named Lillian. His daughter was Diane. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yep, I misinterpreted. Diane was born in 1933. Lillian, 3 plus 9 plus 3 plus 3 plus 9 plus 1 plus 5. Oh, just 33. Diane, 4 plus 9 plus 1 plus 14 plus 5. 33. Uh, and Diane Disney, later married and took on the name Disney Miller. Disney, blah, 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 equals 31. Miller Four plus one plus one plus six plus five plus nine plus seven. 33. Oh, jeez. And secrecy adds up to 33 as well. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tenuous, Cam, at best. Yes, I was. Consider this. Diane Disney, I think you mean Diane Disney Miller, died on a hike on November 19, 2013, the same day that Frozen premiered. Hey? <gasps> eh? Hey, you know who else is Frozen. Walt Disney. Walt Disney. <laughs> Sorry, I was leaving him a space to start singing Let It Go. Uh, uh, frozen. It's Frozen. The theme song from Frozen. Nine years earlier, before this fateful hike, Disney released the movie National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. Full of Illuminati shit. Yeah. About the Knights of the Templar on November 19, 2004. The Knights of the Templar are established in the year 1119. Much like the date, the 19th of November, 11 slash 19, adding one more connection to the date, Mickey Mouse is said to have a birthday of the 19th of November. Go figure. Now I know what you're thinking. All right. Still tenuous. Hike. 8 plus 9 plus 11 plus 5. 33. Jeez. And the voice of the main character in Frozen is played by voice actress Kirsten. Kirsten what? Doesn't matter because the surname wouldn't add up. <laughs> Kirsten, 2 plus 9 plus 9 plus 1 plus 2 plus 5 plus 5. 33. A mic drop. I can't drop the mic. We've got these beautiful mic stands. Oh, yeah. We didn't think about that, did we? Uh, wrap it up and go, I think. Yeah. What's does, Was Mickey Mouse in there? Yeah. Mickey Mouse was... Uh, yeah, but Mickey Mouse's name? No. No. You'd think you'd... If you were going that far to include 33s and everything. Yeah. You'd probably... You'd dump Mickey in there. Yeah. Uh, Club 33 now? Club 33. So, you notice in the middle of all that, yep. they're like, oh, and there's a place you can drink at Disney called Club 33. Now, is Club 33 not a direct Masonic reference on purpose? Uh, I'm not sure. Because it's on, like, that's the street number. It's the street number. Where it is in, like, New Orleans town in Disneyland. Yeah. But guess what? They also, they made up the street numbers. So it's their choice. The, <laughs> They're the, like, oh, it's between 35 and 31, yeah. New Orleans Street. I think the main reasoning or the, the official reasoning is there's 33 
businesses mm. that helped like sponsor or fund fund, I guess, uh, the construction of Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. So which anyone who's played a theme park simulator knows is creating a theme park is no cheap. Exactly. Yeah. So it was named for the thirty three businesses because they obviously their their representatives would get access to this exclusive club. So it's like the WWF thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, what goes on in Club Thirty Three other than obviously satanic stuff? I think you can get a really expensive salad. Yep. You yep. might uh you might spy Rebel Wilson at the next table. Taking a selfie. Oh, that was kind of my big like. River Wilson's a Club Thirty Three member. She's allegedly related to Lillian, the Lillian you mentioned that was thirty three yeah. well, ages ago. Um, like a distant relative. Yeah, but that's how she like she was saying she used to get in there after hours mm. to play around in Disneyland. Because I think to get into Club Thirty Three, it's like forty thousand dollars or something, and like a ten thousand dollar a year membership after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cheap. And there's levels apparently as well where yeah. you can get in. Probably like, 33 like, degrees. Like yeah. Freemason. <laughs> yeah. um, there's strict rules about um, where photos can be taken. And this this one, that, this article that I was reading that was lifting the lid on the whole thing, said that uh, photos taken inside the bathrooms are off limits. I imagine that would be true for all of Disney. Yeah, you can't just be taking happy snaps in the bathroom. Like, yeah. that's not, Yeah. Um, but then I saw a photo of the sign in the toilets that says don't take photos and the sign says with respect to our gentleman's privacy, privacy photos and videotaping are not permitted mm. which just makes it sound like a bit of a gay sex thing mm. with respect to the gentleman's privacy yeah. like you say no photos yeah you don't have to like because they assume someone's going to go straight in there and take a photo of some dude's dick while he's taking yeah. a piss <laughs> Uh, there are lots of photos of the, the club around. There's some of the – but like – so there's a guy that posts a bunch on his Instagram and he put some of the bathrooms and people got really angry at him. Members right. of the club like emailed like, don't, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, they're fine with him posting everything else but bathrooms. Like it's real like – Is it just because there's the sign? I don't know. It's but, okay if there's no one in there. But he the – Post that he made about it was like a thousand words explaining why or why not he did it and the mm. backlash and people in the comments like getting in his grill and people were taking it really seriously. So, yeah. What are they hiding in their bathrooms? Now, I did see that there was like, I think maybe it was like a little group of Disney, like super Disney fans got taken through mm. and every, or, oh, no, what was it? Oh, there was something in Gorka about a bunch of people that got into it mm. and they all got given like a little vial of dust from the Haunted Mansion. Right. right. Now, did you say that the Haunted Mansion was the ride they opened on the day of the, the tape, tape Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, One thing I found interesting, but like not conspiratorially, but maybe about Club 33 is uh, apparently at Disneyland... There's like two special paint colors that they use. Oh, the beige and brown or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like um like go, go away gray and a yeah. like uh, something else green. It's these colors that they use to just draw attention away from areas. Mm. So everything so everything else is so bright and happy and like areas that they want you to notice. They paint in these specific tones mm. that are like designed for your eye to just sort of slide off them. Mm. And the door to Club 33 is in one of those colors. Right. Yeah. So it's like not only do they, it's 
apparently it's really subtle. Like there's just a tiny little 33 thing yeah, yeah. indicating that there's the door there. But not only that, they've deliberately trained your eye throughout the rest of the park to not even notice the yeah. door to this thing. Um, I saw some photos of the food they mm. serve at Club 33. Looked pretty tacky, to be honest. Yeah. Like they're still doing the, you know, the smear, the restaurant smear. Oh, yeah. Still doing that. And they've yeah. kind of got like some gold leaf 33s. Like, oh, Is yeah. the smear not hot anymore? No. We're not doing the smear anymore. The smear's been gone for a long time. Yeah. I saw um uh, cafe that I go to sometimes. They, they've got a new menu coming out. Yeah. They had the they've had a little bit of a smear on the plate. Yeah. But it looked like that like someone had run their finger through it. Yeah, right. I was like, is this is this just for like the is this gonna be part of it? <laughs> <laughs> um I've got some more numerology stuff. Yeah, hit us. So only only really two. Uh they're from the the logo. So the Walt Disney is six six six. You can find in the curls. Yep. Uh, it's interesting. Some of them some of the ones I read that said the word Disney had six 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 in it. The D you need to turn backwards. Mm. Other ones say the first six is in the Walt part. So it depends who you who you listen to. If you listen to combine them both, it's six 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 six. So superpowered Satanism. Yeah. Uh, also on the logo, the the castle, uh, there are six flags in the logo, but not every tower has a flag. Mm. So this person's asking why there'd be eight towers. Why would you not put a flag on all of them? And they're so seemingly at random. Six flags. There you go. Mm. What do you got? Oh, uh, you know, I I got really fucking caught up in just animation history. Okay. And not so much <laughs> conspiratorial animation history. Um, like, and all the, the race stuff, how, you know, Disney was accused of being a massive anti-Semite. Well, he was. Well, yeah. But, like, this was going through talking about... Because everyone points at Disney as being, like, the king of animation and Steamboat Willie as being the first, like, oh, the first cartoon was sound and all that. But it wasn't. Mm. There was two other studios that had done all this animation before Disney did it. Disney was just really good at fucking plastering his name across everything. Right. And taking credit for having done everything because he had, like, all this backing and all the money and stuff. So there was the Fleischer Studios, which made all the tripped out Betty Boop cartoons and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of came and went. And they like they were like the progressive animation company. So they they had like black performers in their cartoons in non-stereotypical black mm. roles. So Cab Calloway was famously in a lot of their stuff as a band leader. And it was like, whoa, this is so out there and progressive, you know, and then Disney had all these like really clearly, clearly racist looking things in all of his <laughs> cartoons. So it was weird that like, you know, the guy who was basically demonized all the time as being this massive racist won the, yeah, the war yeah. of everything. Yeah. yeah. Now, was, Flusher was Jewish, right? Yeah. So you, you have the classic Hollywood conspiracy of the Jews running things. Yeah. And yet it was the Jewish guy that got run out of town. Yeah, basically. Because Disney was in... Los Angeles, mm. Flush Studios are in New York. Yeah. So it was like a East Coast, West Coast beef. Yeah. The classic East Coast, West Coast beef. Turned Probably out- the original East Coast, West yeah, Coast beef. Yeah. Turns out the better in both was on the East Coast. Biggie versus Tupac, the classic. Right. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, Flusher was better than Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Flusher eventually had to move to Miami. Right. 
Biggie's got a song about Miami. Yeah. You know who else is bloody hangs out in Miami? Oswald. Pitbull. Oh, Pitbull. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. Wait, did Oswald <laughs> hang out in Miami? Uh, I'm sure he did. You know who hangs out in Miami? A lot of bloody Cubans. A lot of Cubans. That's why I was thinking <laughs> yeah. of Oswald. Did you come across Suicide Mouse? No. Oh, this Are is the talking this about? is the best one. Um, it's animation related, and allegedly, when Leonard Moulton was compiling a, a series of Walt Disney clips to release on like a special unreleased DVD, like a retrospective, yeah, he came across this one spooky early Mickey Mouse one titled "Suicide Mickey," oh, "Suicide Mouse," sorry, and basically, it's uh, Mickey Mouse doesn't look anything like Mickey Mouse in terms of you know how they, the animation they had back in the 30s was actually, you know, you could see it was a proper mouse. Yeah. And you could see his facial things. This was just kind of like a, an approximation walking along some badly animated um, buildings on a loop while piano music played. Yeah. Really like eerie piano music. And then allegedly it goes blank for six minutes and then it comes back and – it gets spookier and spookier and there's groans instead of piano, like, like human groans. Right. And then that ends up getting worse and worse. And then I think eventually the groans turn into screams and garbles and it goes all crazy and, and disappears. Right. Leonard Moulton, the story goes, was too freaked out by it all. He's like, I can't, I can't do this. This is creepy. He left, left his uh, assistant to look at it. Assistant watched the end of it seven days later. Committed suicide. Now, I watched uh, Suicide Mickey. You can see it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Clearly made like. Recently. Recently and definitely like someone's art project. Right. Made in flash. Yeah. You could see like if I walked into an art gallery for a student art thing and that was like one of the little, you know, things. I'd be like, yeah, that's about that level. Right. And I can see how they've made that and I can probably see what they were getting at. Since that happened, since it sort of came out, um, then I think people have also made kind of rip-offs of it that other people think of the original. And one of the ones that a lot of people think of the original is in that kind of Disney style, clearly done on computer because it's like really crisp. Yeah. And But this one's much creepier where like he when he comes back after the big six-minute outage, he's running, he starts running, and then like all the buildings start going on fire and his head starts melting and then he finally collapses and a syringe flies out and then a big demon flashes up on the screen. But the demon's like clearly animated in 3D animation tools. Right. Uh, but that's one that people are like, oh, and then, you know, this is what happened and this could be one of the ones. Uh, pretty cool to cool look at though, Suicide, mm. suicidemouse.avi. Check it out. You know what? Whack a pepper pig onto that. Oh. And you got yourself a bloody gold mine. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> um, what else did we get? Any more animation gear? No, like I was saying to Cam earlier, like I started writing or yesterday or whenever it was, I started writing all this stuff and I realized that I wasn't writing anything about conspiracies. I was just writing an animation history essay. (laughs) I did. I already did that at uni. I don't need to do that again. (laughs) Um, So I got a couple of symbolism things as well. Um, One of the videos I watched uh, had Mickey Mouse, I think it was Fantasia, but like one of the new approximations of it so he had a wizard's hat and a wand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this guy pointed out that he was wearing a sorcerer's hat and he was casting a spell yeah satanic yeah right 
Um, and then he watched this show. Oh, but it's there. Yeah. Some obscure Disney cartoon that I hadn't heard of. I think it was like a TV one. And it was all about magic and symbols. Mm. Literally what, like these kids solving like ancient magic crimes kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And he's going through it and just pointing out all the magic symbols. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this one. Look at this. It's like, yeah, that's. It's just thinking about magic. You, you've got the point of the cartoon. It's not a conspiracy. I did find one thing that the Disney Channel is trying to feed kids the theory of reptilians. Oh, okay. So there's a show. <laughs> Here we go. Fucking now, now I'm worked up. Yeah. <laughs> there's a show called. The Sweet Life on Deck. Sweet spelled S-U-I-T-E. Yep. The Sweet Life on Deck. Yeah. Series 2, episode 19, there's some people talking in a room and behind them there's a poster of of an alien with a UFO in the background. The alien's got big lizard eyes and it says, next stop, Earth. Whoa. So they're not even hiding it. They're not even hiding it. Straight into kids' faces. The same episode, I think. I think it was the same episode. There's also a poster, an Uncle Sam. Yep. We want you mm-hmm. thing that they reckon is trying to join the Navy kind of Simpsons thing. Oh, okay. Right. Trying to push kids to join the military, <laughs> Wait, fight so the lizards. In yeah. The, in the background, they've they've hidden a US military recruitment poster. Yeah. And it's like secret military recruitment messages. Yeah. Coming out of it. Yeah. Cunning. <laughs> Absolutely cunning. Yeah. Um, and only the best of the kids will go, hang on, I've got to go join the army because I've got to fight the reptiles when they come. Yeah. They get picked up and become super soldiers. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing. No. The reptiles are coming. I want the best of the kids. Yeah. I don't want the kids that aren't picking up on the, the kids are like, oh, look at the colors or I don't know. What does sweet mean? I'm an idiot kid. Yeah. Mm. And they're like all across it. Yeah. I'm going to join the Navy to beat the the Army to beat the reptiles. Then they take that small group, put them in front of an 80s video game machine. Yeah. See which one gets to the end. Yeah. Then they get recruited. It turns out that the author was homophobic and a crazy, crazy anti-gay campaigner for years. And those books are toxic. What books are you talking about? The, um, I'm talking about real life. There. Huh? Uh, I can't. Can't remember the name of the books now. He's ridden, that's how much he's written off some random sci-fi author. Orson Scott Card? Yeah, yeah. The Orson Ender's Game books? Yeah. He right. is a crazy homophobe. See, I was talking about The Last Starfighter. Oh, right. <laughs> Not sure about The Last Starfighter author. Right. Don't mean to, to defame him. Yeah. Way to follow, throw the bloody screenwriters of uh, The Last Starfighter under the bus. Apologies to them. Yeah. For, but they clearly ripped off Orson Scott Card. Crazy homophobe. Orson Scott Card. Look it up. Now- in researching this, there's so many bad oh. Disney conspiracies. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a rich vein. And I guess we should say we actively tried to avoid conspiracies relating to like they're all in the same universe. Conspiracies. Oh, look at the these. The movies are yeah. all in the same universe. We are all in the same universe, yeah. Robbo. Uh, as and much I- as I hate sharing this universe with you. <laughs> nah, you're all right. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that little addendum to that. <laughs> Um, and we've, also, we, we've done a lot of the animation stuff before. Although I did find, you know, hiding sexualized messages in the movies. Yeah. So we've done that. Yeah. I did find one where I was like, 
you know, with a lot of those things, it's like, yeah, whatever. Although there was one where it was just a naked woman in the window yeah. of the rescuers. Yeah. But some of them was like, all right, well, you wanted some huge dangly dicks. Yeah. And you saw them. Yeah. Or you just looked really, really hard to find it. I did see one. It was called like <sighs> Puppy Pals or Pet Pals or something. It was a very recent, uh, I think maybe a short mm. that they did a few years ago mm. where there's a a shot where he's just you know, hanging out with his puppy pals and there's a bookshelf on the wall behind him, which is 100% the chemical like composition of acid. <laughs> like, there's no mistaking that they've deliberately put yeah. LSD on the wall. That's pretty good. It's a good little in-joke. I did find, and it's kind of, the video I watched was kind of lame, but they were talking about uh, – Turning the the, I guess the sexualization of the the young like Miley Cyrus and all them, um, a lot of them was just like, I think people were a little bit you know, oh they, look they're making them look so sexy. It's like oh that's just you being a bit creepy. Mm. But this other one was pointing out the fact that they're all um, they became sex kittens was his words, a little bit slut shamey mm. um, towards your your Miley Cyrus and your I don't know the other ones Selena Gomez was she one. Sure. Um, but this guy pointed out they all have one thing in common. Common, or, Sorry, what does everyone in Disney have in common? A contract. Oh, bum, bum, bum. Uh, I think his point was like... The ultimate conspiracy. Yeah. The point, his point was, I stopped watching because I got sick of him, but mm. that, that Miley Cyrus and Selena Gomez and that could go overtly sexual once they leave, but they're still under contract in order to get their contract broken by Disney. Oh. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they could do something else. Yeah. They could just shoplift something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stab uh, a guy. So, yeah. there are. But besides all of the, oh, here's 20 crazy Disney movie conspiracies, there's also so many dumb lists of yeah. Disney conspiracies. You said you found there was one in the Telegraph where it was like number one. Was a <laughs> number one in the Telegraph uh, was Disneyland grew out of Walt's obsession with trains. Right. And they're all about equally as bad as that. Mm. So I've got a BuzzFeed one here. 17 Disney Park conspiracy, conspiracy theories that'll scare the hell out of you. Oh, I read that. Was not scared by any of them. You'll never look at Mickey the same again. Now, warning. And warning light emoji. Some of these stories, though many are purely legend, are very disturbing. Second warning light emoji. Oh. Now, I thought it'd be pretty funny if, like, we read these out and uh, you'd put, like, rising music behind them. Mm. So I was getting more and more dramatic. Mm. But then you're like, oh, Cam, can you edit this one? And I was like, oh, well, so I have to do that. So let's not do this. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's not what happened. I started reading this again and I got like a few in. I was like, hang on a second. So they are all dumb though. Yeah. Number one, someone got decapitated on Disney World's Space Mountain. This is a running theme. Yeah. It's like just people dying. Uh, two, the spirit of a little boy lurks in the haunted mansion in Orlando. Sure. Uh, number three, the characters on Disneyland's It's a Small World ride come to life even when unplugged. No. Uh, number four, Walt Disney still haunts his firehouse apartment on Main Street at Disneyland. Yeah, why not? Yeah, probably does. Hmm. Uh, number five. They do They do leave a light on. Apparently he was turning a lamp on and off and they leave that light on now. Oh. So they're like, you're going to break the fuse. Leave it on. 
number five, people constantly try to dump the ashes of their loved ones on Disney property. Not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. Yeah. None of them have been conspiracies, yeah. but that's yeah. the least conspiratorial <laughs> yeah. of them. Like, conspiracy in the world of Supernatural. Sure, we'll, we'll, we're fluid on that. Like, <sighs> but dump, people dumping ashes, I guess they're conspiring to sneak yeah. in. Mm. Like, yeah, they've entered with a, you know, an agenda, mm. a hidden agenda. Mm. When someone's like, what's in that urn? They're like, oh, it's me soup. Yep. Yeah. Just bought a f- refreshing soup. Yeah, I'm spending $69, sex number, on these bloody Disneyland tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't afford to buy an expensive Disney Park soup, so I've brought my own in this ceremonial urn. Yeah. Is that a problem? Do you want to inspect my soup? I didn't realise we were living in Walt Disney's ideal world, <laughs> Nazi Germany. <laughs> uh, number six, the ghost of a former employee haunts Disney World's Tower of Terror. Yeah. Whatever. Number seven, the seance book in Disney World's Haunted Mansion opened on the day of the Sharon Tate murder mm. was originally a real 14th century book of witchcraft. Now, this is where things get interesting. Ooh. Who do we know who was, what was he, 14th century witch? A witch of a, in the olden times. Only Walt Disney's great, 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 great grandfather. Uh, right. The head of the Salem witch coven. Jeez. Who's hanged for witch, witching it up. That's how you, I guess that's how you get your hands on such a book. Mm. If you've got witch Hanged or burned. He got hanged. Right. That was George Burroughs. Which then brings me to number eight. The Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney World is haunted by spirit. Yeah, we've seen them in the movies. There's a mm. few of them. Mm. Named... George. Barbosa. No. Ah. Hmm. It's haunted by a spirit named George. Uh, Helen Adara writes, my sister's roommate did the college program and she said that if they didn't say good morning, George, and good night, George, at the beginning and end of the day, respectively. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we didn't need to add that, but we worked it out. <laughs> the ride would shut down and they'd have problems with it all day. Well, it wouldn't matter if you didn't do it at night. Yeah. Oh, the ride shut down. Well, that saves us on having to turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. But who else do we know called George? Bush. George Burroughs. Oh, George Burroughs. Sorry. Uh, right. That we just talked about. Yeah. Sorry. I thought we accepted that and we're looking <laughs> yeah. for another George. I was going to say of the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> another George. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the rest of it is like there's a ghost on the people mover. Uh, someone died in another ride. It's all people dying, wasn't it? There's a ghost on the monorail track. Uh, someone hanged themselves and on It's a Small World. Oh, I saw the photo of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly a doll. Right. Got his hands are like slightly out to the sides. Like all of the dolls on the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, someone's. Yeah, does not look like a person at all. Yeah. Uh, someone died of a heart attack in uh, the haunted mansion because it was too terrifying. Well, of course it is. Yeah. Mm, it's supposed to be haunted. Yeah. And and then finally they're like, oh, and by the way, uh, Walt Disney was suspected to use Club Thirty Three for New World Order meetings. Yeah, well, clearly lead with that. Just do one conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other terrible conspiracy I found on a list. I can't remember where this one came from, but allegedly Walt Disney left millions for the first man to ever become pregnant. Why would so he do that? He didn't. I'm Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Surely Walt Disney would be like, I know that all the men are women and all the women are men. Yeah. Like, they didn't just invent that afterwards. Maybe that was his way of, like, letting us, like, follow these clues. Yeah. Yeah. Like National Treasure. Yeah. I just looked up uh, The Last Starfighter. Mm. Now, strangely, the name of the main character 
is like a mashup of two of the world's best talkers on conspiracies. His name's only Alex Rogan. Whoa. Come on. <laughs> Do we have anything else? I just found like there was just random little things. Yeah. No, like- nothing. Nothing <laughs> substantial. Um, other than, I guess, his relationship with Freemasonry. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a Mason. He was a Demolay, which is like the precursor. Like, you know how scouts have cubs or whatever? Right. Yeah. He was in the Mason Cubs. Uh, yeah, he was in the Mason Cubs, but he never actually joined uh, a Masonic Lodge. He was a big deal in the Demolay. He was the 107th member to join the organization and a member of the Mother Chapter. Uh, he was part of their Hall of Fame, and he was very fond uh, of the organization. In fact, he made Mickey Mouse a member of the Demolay in one of the cartoons. Fair enough. There you go. But he was never a Mason. The only other thing I found was uh, there was like some random for like part of Tomorrowland. They had what actually seems like quite a scary ride mm. where you're being like attacked by an alien and then like that blow water in your face to be like the alien breathing on you and right. like the, something had touched the back of your neck. Yeah, right. And like your chair, chair and shake around. But to promote it, they made a documentary about UFOs that they released on like random TV stations with almost zero context for why they were doing it. Right. So if you just turned on, you'd be like, "What? why is this documentary about UFOs? It's not really taking a massively UFOs aren't real perspective. Yeah, yeah. Which, I feel like most documentaries aren't like definitively saying UFOs are or aren't real. Yeah. But maybe at the time this was special or something, but apparently it confused a lot of people. Hmm. But I saw people saying, oh, this was like a disclosure. You know how they, they have controlled disclosures. Yeah, yeah. This was one of those. But they're like, oh, Michael Eisner takes a slightly mocking tone of uh, UFOs being real at the start. And that only makes it more of a disclosure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Moving on to any other business, yeah. But as with Charles Manson, moving with a solid connection, mm. Freddie Flintoff, yeah, cricket player, cricket player, funny, out. funny man, pretty funny man. Yeah, he's a known character. Character, yeah. Yep. Came out as a flat earther. Yeah. yeah. This week during the Ashes. Yep. Uh, claims the round Earth made up by the Disney Company. Really? Yeah. I feel like he's slightly confused on his timelines there. Pythagoras, for example. That like all, all, all of the special effects, like all of the pictures you see, it's just Disney made them up, you know, oh. with NASA, obviously. Oh. NASA and Disney, totally in cahoots. Yeah, I knew it. So, yeah, I thought that was fun. That was a fun little Walt Disney fact this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knew Freddie Flintoff was a crazy man? Yeah. Project Veritas. Got massively rumbled yeah. on the day that we're recording this. So we've, we've talked about them in the past. They're the guys that set up the undercover sting operations, um, have received generous donations from the Donald Trump campaign in the past. Mm. So they went to the Washington Post and said, hey, we've got these secrets on Roy Moore, the sex pest, uh, Republican sex pest. And they're like, oh, I feel like you don't. Let's verify it. Yeah. And they basically verified that it was Project Veritas trying to set them up. Did you see how they rumbled their pumpkins? Uh, I read it. I didn't see the whole thing. So this woman goes to the 
contacts the Washington Post and she's like, I need to like find a, I need to secure a way to, for you to contact me. And that they work out a thing. And then they eventually they agree to meet up in this uh, shopping center. And uh, she's like, you know, I've got stuff on Roy Moore. And sort of the point of the sting operation was she was trying to get them to say uh, that they were doing doing all this to, like, bring him down. Yeah, She's like, yeah. what are, what's going to happen if this story comes out? And the journalist was like, well, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Like, if it, if it, we, we're going to check all the facts and if it's true, we'll report it. Yeah. And then we don't, you know, what happens, happens. But I can't make any guarantees about what's going to happen. Yeah. And I can't make any guarantees that, like, about what the fact checking is going to find, and which was like not the answers they were yeah, looking yeah. for. <laughs> They're looking for a sneaky soundbite they can manipulate. But the other thing, uh, they got really sus on this woman because uh, she <laughs> was like, oh, I'm from Ohio. Is that where they're from? Mm, I can't remember. Or from Alabama. Mm. She's like, I, I, you know, I grew up there, but I moved away. And they're like, well, why does your phone number have an Alabama code? <laughs> and also, I don't know if they, how much of this they put together. They must have because they, they mentioned it in the thing. Her email address had the words Roll Tide in it, which is like the Alabama football right. saying. Right. But uh, so they got sus in her and they like looked her up and they found a GoFundMe that she'd set up. For when she was moving to New York to join a uh, undercover right wing <laughs> media <laughs> thing, doing like undercover sting operations, and so they meet up with her in the shopping mall, and they're like, "All right, so I just want to let you know we're videotaping this. Uh, what was this uh, GoFundMe all about?" And she's like, "Uh, oh, I applied for a job at like the Daily Caller, but I didn't get it." And then, as soon as the interview's over. Like the GoFundMe goes down, <laughs> and also they go to the Project Veritas headquarters and they see her going in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is quite funny. Uh, it was quite funny that the right have gone like Breitbart have also gone down to like defame and uncover the facts in the Roy Moore case. Mm. It just turns out they ended up confirming all the facts in the Roy Moore case. Uh, Donald uh, Alex Jones and Donald Trump have both come out and defended him. Meanwhile, they're going hard, and Alex Jones in particular is going hard on everyone else who's uh, even remotely connected to any sex crimes on the left. So it's so weird that, like, yeah, just, they all love the Al Franken thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just don't even try. Like, they're not even trying to hide it that they. It's just a, a partisan issue for them. Donald Trump also uh, apparently made some sort of move to suggest that the tape of the grabbing by the pussy <clears throat> tape. Isn't real or is somehow doctored. Yeah. Even though he's like apologized for it. Yeah. And then like gone back on his apology and said, oh, you know, it's just a locker room talk. Now he's saying, oh, you know, can't trust anything fake news. But then you see where the actual f- fake news comes from. Yeah. Anyway. Wrapping it up. Did uh, I post it on our group chat? Is, is this Billy Corgan thing new? No, he said it a while ago, I think. Right, I just come across he, he it. He pops up on Infowars from time to time. Yeah, because I saw him. I saw a thing saying it, it was a related video to some of my cooked lizard stuff I was looking up, saying Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins singer, witnessed a reptile shape-shifting. Yeah. I was like, holy crap, why haven't I come across this before? Surely I would have come across this by now. Yeah, yeah. I love Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I love cooked lizard stuff. So, he, yeah. He might have, because I 
was listening to the Smashing Pumpkins the other day for some reason, and I reckon it's because he I saw him on Alex Jones. Right. Whether or not it was again coincidental, or yeah. he might have been on it recently. Was it that song? Right. The world is a reptile. Yeah. Doo, yeah. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah. But. Yeah, I saw that, and then I, I so I watched a bit of an interview with him on Howard Stern, where he first talked about it, and then he was talking to Joe Rogan, and Rogan was grilling him about it, mm. and he was very he was very happy to say yes, he saw it, but not to talk about it because mm. he said he's writing a book and he wants to put it in his book, but he also said that he confronted the person and said, "I can know. Are you a you're a lizard?" Mm. And the guy was like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." What are you gonna do about it? Guys? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Oh man, all right, fucking mind blown." Here's Billy a- Corgan, you just blew my mind. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, but he's like, he's happy to say, yeah, he's, he he said it. And then Joe Rogan was like, "What the hell are you doing on Infowars?" <laughs> but he goes on there to talk about free speech or something and artist rights and things like that. Uh, okay, and also cats probably they come up every now and then. Right, famous cat lover. Uh, Billy Corgan. Yep. If you Google the natural enemy of the lizard. If you Google Billy Corgan yeah. cats, it's a fun photo of him on the cover of like Hollywood Cat Magazine. Right. Uh, with some cats. Uh, I just lost a bit of respect for the man, but the, that's fine. The rival publication to the dog press. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've got beef. So we we had a couple of tinfoil hat entries. Oh yes. I did see Menace Bunnies. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Style points. Yeah. There was the other guy. Someone wrote in and said. I've just caught up, guys. How much time have I got left? And we told them to this week's episode. Yeah. So I think I think we say at next week's recording, yeah. we'll announce the winner. Yeah. So when you listen to this episode, you have until like next Tuesday when we record to get your entry in. The date. I don't know. Say that and walk out of the room. Could have been looking it up. Where's it going? Okay. So if you're listening to this now, you've got till Tuesday the 5th to send us in your entries. 5th of December. Tuesday the 5th of December. 2017. 2017. To send in your entry. Yep. Then we'll pick one as a winner and get some cool stuff. Do it because it's fun. Yeah, definitely. And you've got such a good chance because there's only like two people who have entered. Yeah. yeah. So if you enter now, you've got a one third chance of winning it. Yeah. And also you'll get a drawing. And I'm going to do drawings for everyone who enters. So. Yeah. Although someone did suggest that we should just scrap everyone else and give it to the guy in Perth who was using a twisties packet to hide the like the, the GPS, GPS. yeah that his boss had put on his and it seemed to be working but why is his boss tracking his GPS on his oh that's that a whole different episode fam- probably famous layabout yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's a super common thing in in real workplaces for people to track where cars are oh okay but, I guess yeah. if you're doing a trade whatever yeah. And, I, it's a, and also, you can't get too indignant about it because he was obviously yeah. just going off to play golf or whatever. He was day. slacking off. It's not yeah. like he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, good on you. Points for like your ingenuity, but you were still fucking slacking off your job. Anyway. If that guy writes to us and goes, hey, I actually listened to your podcast. If you're listening now, Twisty Packet guy. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll give you a separate prize pack. Yeah, yeah. You'll win something. Yeah, <laughs> you win. Yeah. And we'll also draw this competition as well. So- that's the competition. Uh, you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. You can like our page at facebook.com slash hypothetical institute. You can follow us on Twitter at hypothepod. Follow me on Twitter at sexenheimer. Oh, and you can also find me, uh, gather around me on iTunes and Facebook for my other podcast. 
You can find me at Isle of a Time, uh, com, and find my other podcast, Isle of a Time, in iTunes. And I'm at Saltmarsh on Twitter, Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook. I don't have another podcast. Maybe I'll start one just so I can be cool. You like should you do guys. an animation history podcast. Yeah, maybe. Weren't you going to start a podcast a few years ago? Yeah, I was. What, what was, was that going to be? I was going to be called uh, Hypothetical Institute. When I stand on the mountain and I say, do it, it gets done. If it don't get done, then I'll move on it. What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. I have it here. I don't need to live in this physical realm. I walk around in the physical realm and I put on the faces and I talk and I play and hang yeah, It's this big act, man. In the spiritual world is where I live. I exist in places you never even dreamed of. I tried to stop Nixon and I stopped him dead in his tracks. I tried to stop the Vietnam War and I didn't. And I was convicted for being the father of this country, this country. And all the things I did, I did without breaking the law. Maybe I haven't done enough. I might be ashamed of that for not doing enough. They'll all follow me. <laughs> I know. You know, you got two. You got these people over here that want to live. You want to live? Get in line, we'll live. You don't want to live? Hurry up. Man, here, give them some coke. All Charlie's friends get free coke. I did not break the law. Jesus Christ told you that 2,000 years ago. You don't understand me. That's your trouble. Not my fault because you don't understand me. I don't understand you either. I play music and I smoke a little grass now and then because it helps me and I like to relax with it. That's about it. LSD, I don't consider drug. I don't consider poverty a drug. Those are more or less religiously significant awareness, mind-expanding apparatuses that come from the intelligence of the universe. Mr. Emmons, this is a, this is a very... I gotta take a shit. you excuse me? And I play and I sing and they say, hey man, you you got you got soul in that music and I said, yeah, I, I play a little bit, you know. I play a little bit, you know, you know. People look at you today, 20 years later, and they still have no idea what you're about. Tell me in a sentence who you are. Wine. and a straight razor if you get too close to me.